Hi, everybody. This is Nancy Miller from My Creative Life, the podcast about creatives, how and why they make the work that they do. And today my guest is Alan Mead. And Alan is actually the founder of The Concept Factory in Atlanta. He is a multifaceted creative entrepreneur and film producer with experience producing, directing, and writing a variety of creative content and launching creative businesses. Alan graduated with honors from North Carolina A&T State University. Hi, Alan. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm so uh, so happy to be here. How are you? Great. Um, I really appreciate this because I am so fascinated. After I read an article about you, um, it was in an Atlanta-based magazine, and I was like, wow. He is just very creative and very thinking outside oh, of the box. You. And I was like, whoa, I need to learn more about this. So for the audience, because they might not be familiar with the Concept Factory, can you tell us about uh, what it is and why we should know about it? Yeah. Well, first things first, super happy to be here. And then thank you so much for those kind words. I, uh, I, I really take them to heart and I don't take them lightly. So I really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, so as far as what Concept Factory is, um, I should say what, what we are not, but in a nutshell, Concept Factory, we are a, um, we are a collaborate, collaborative hub, or some people say collaboration hub for visual storytellers and our services that we provide and we create spaces for visual storytellers to build community and, um, and be, I'm sorry, to build community and to be able to have industry programs to help to help advance their careers. So um, everything from uh, industry workshops to uh, local meetups, we're about to launch something called community groups. We're all about building community and building um, building uh, activities for them for them to be able to grow. So a lot of cool stuff mixed in in there. Wow. Yeah, because I was fascinated. I was like, that is such a wonderful, you know, option for creatives, because I think it, it's just so nice to connect with other people who are making things, even if it's not the same kind of thing. I just, I find that whole process uh, fascinating. So as the founder, what inspired you to start this? Yeah, it actually was birthed um, when I first moved to Atlanta and at the end of 2019, little did I know that there was a whole pandemic about to come, <laughs> but um but at, when I moved there at the end of 2019, I was actually um, facing the same problem that I hope my company is, uh, that we exist to solve. And that's when I stepped foot in the city, I knew that Atlanta and the Southeast was known for um, being like a big Hollywood of the South, as they call it, filmmakers and producers and things of that sort. But when I got to the city, I didn't know what my first step was. And I'm like, hey, where are all the creatives at? You know, so I would go online and I would look up different networking events and I found a few of them, but then there was still no one place to where all creatives could come together in a city, or there was no one company that existed to say, hey, if you're looking to advance your industry career, this is the place. And so after going to a few networking events, I was kind of like, man, where do I find this community? And I'm like, hey, I better start it. And I believe um, it was in January of 2020. I had only been in Atlanta now for like maybe two and a half months. And, you know, we're coming off of Christmas and, you know, I, I lived alone. And one night I um, I felt like I'm a, I'm a man of faith and I felt like God woke me up and he said, I want you to create this. And I was like, hey, this is it. And, I, and from that day on, I had such a strong passion just to create Concept Factory. And, and even the vision has looked a lot different from when I first started it. But our ultimate goal, although we're not there right now, our ultimate goal is to be able to make it a physical co-working space in each in Atlanta and different cities for people to be able to come together and have resources to 
record podcasts to be able to have a photo studio and things of that sort. So we're all about not just building community across borders, but also for people to have physical resources right in their hometown. Wow, that's wonderful. And I love the workshopping aspect of it because I think as creatives, this any creative related with technology, that industry is just like, it moves along. Whether you're willing to go with it or not, it's going to keep chugging along. And to offer creatives ways that they can continue their education, learn from other creatives, I think that is fantastic. Awesome. Thank you. Without having to spend like the, well, like it was interesting when I read the article because you mentioned about like the student loan and, you know, and the kind of the situation that a lot of people are faced with. Mm -hmm. And you're providing an opportunity for people to keep learning, to keep growing, and you can be independent outside of, because I had students as a high school art teacher who could not afford to go to a college or an art school. And they desperately wanted to do that. And I think you're answering uh, a definite like need within a lot of communities. Yeah, yeah, there's so many, um, not even just myself, but literally like so many of my creative peers, some people on our team, they're in that same boat or they're like, hey, you know, we're not all sitting, you know, outside of a movie studio in Los Angeles to where we can network. And, you know, um, I've visited LA a couple of times and I've, I've seen people down there and it's almost like they have so many resources. It's, it seems like a lot of people there take it for granted because they can just, you know, it's not hard for them to kind of tackle the industry. And then it's such a competitive environment. And, you know, I just want to make sure that Concept Factory is able to serve the people that you're like, hey, no matter where you come from, no matter whether you're drowning in student debt or whether you don't even know the first step to even encounter this dream. But let's say that you dream to be a screenwriter or you dream to be a photographer or a filmmaker. If you don't if you have the dream, but you don't know even the first place to start, I want Concept Factory to be the hub to where people can come to find that local community to say, hey, now I have the community I need to advance forward. And Concept Factory is providing me the workshops and connections to be able to go forward. That's wonderful. I've, I personally, because also because as an art teacher, I've tried to instill within my students, like you can learn so much from each other and it's yeah. not as competitive. Like some people can treat it like it's a competition. And yeah, you mm-hmm. can be like that. But I felt like as I got older, I was like, I enjoyed the company of other creatives and just the idea, the brainstorming. It's just so, so much fun. Yeah. So can you tell me as a team leader, how you organize, how did you find the people who, you know, would help you on your journey to creating Concept Factory? And how do you work? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It literally, and this may sound crazy. And, you know, I do want to make sure I'm respecting everybody of those who believe certain faiths and not, but I'm a, I'm a Christian and I pray a lot to God. And literally the only reason I'm here is because of God and him sustaining me. So like, I literally am like, Jesus, I need your help and I need you to send me people. Um, but yes, there's a, I like to, I like to tell people a lot of times with quote unquote success stories, people leave out the practical day to day. And I could sit here and say, oh, you know, I prayed and then they showed up at my doorstep. Well, it wasn't that simple. I did pray and I asked God to send me people, but also, excuse me, let me turn off my phone, my apologies. Um, but also it's like, hey, while I'm praying, I'm also have to be preparing. So you should always be praying and preparing, praying and preparing. And what the preparing side looked like for me was I wanted to make sure that I was honest with people. I wanted to make sure that I was networking. I wanted to make sure that um, a lot of times the things that we need in life, including people, are right 
are already in our life. A lot of times we're like, oh man, if only I knew somebody that could do such and such, or if only I knew somebody who could help me out with this. And in my own life, you know, the good Lord pointed out to me like, hey, you have friends from college who are, you know, you, you've worked with them before. They're already in your circle. You've, you've already talked to them about the business, ask them if they want to be a part. And from there, uh, like one of my friends named, um, one of my friends named Paris, she's on the team now. She's over our talent and culture. So she does all the onboarding and hiring and things of that sort. And she literally was been my, she's been my friend. This August will make uh, eight years that we've been friends. And uh, we started our freshman year together. And so she was one of the people that I'm like, hey, do you want to be a part of this? And um, she was just like more than happy. She's like, hey, like, I believe in this vision and I want to make sure like I'm doing my part as well. And then on the other practical side, there have literally been people um, that have just either introduced me to somebody and that person ends up coming on the team or they'll just be like, hey, they'll reach out to me. Hey, Alan, like, I love what y'all are doing. I just want to be a part. Like, is there anything I can do? And I'm like, actually, yeah. And then I think the other, the third practical side is um, we started out having interns um, in 2021. And those interns, eventually, some of them have, they completed their internship and they have to move on. And some of the interns are like, hey, I would love to stay. I just love what Concept Factory is doing and I love the vision and I want to help you build it. And I'm like, great. So now they're not an intern, but they're now a part of our core team. <laughs> and so um, that's the three most practical ways that we find people. That's awesome. That is so inspiring because I think um, beyond being in school, one of the biggest things that I feel like um, people who are creatively more maybe successful or continuing doing their um, creative work, I think it's that community. I think mm -hmm. up uplifting each other and saying, hey, like when we were little kids in kindergarten, because I also taught elementary art besides high school. Mm -hmm. And when you have little kids, they don't really care. They're just like, hey, I'm in the sandbox. You want to join me? I'm like making this thing. And it's yeah. so natural. But as we get older, I don't know if it's our just, um, I don't know, we get conditioned by society or just our life experiences. We get kind of more to ourselves. Yeah, but absolutely. And I feel like that's such a dream killer as a creative. I mean, for most people, because it's so, um, especially applied arts, it's so interconnected with, it's hard to be the one person that creates a whole movie, the one person who makes mm -hmm. a whole video game. I tell my students, I said, those companies have tons of people on their team. Oh, yes. And you have to understand those soft skills. So I think what you're doing, it's such a, it's it's great, this whole idea of Thank bringing you so much. together and uh, your mission to do that. So what are some tips that you would give for those of us who want to build our own tribe community in our, our area? Because Concept Factory might not be in our neighborhood. So what can yeah. we do? Yeah, well, the cool thing to answer with that is uh, as of this fall, we actually, Concept Factory will be able to be in anybody's neighborhood. Um, we're actually doing something called community groups. And um, God had given me this idea. Um, I currently work as also as a producer at Elevation Church. And after working at Elevation Church, with them being a literally, literally a worldwide church, they have what they call e-groups. And e-groups are basically e-groups and watch parties. And what they do is those watch parties and e-groups Anywhere in the world, wherever you are, even virtual, you can create your own e-group or you can create your own watch party and you can therefore have like a portion of Elevation Church in your backyard at your at your home or your local coffee shop. And so we wanted to take that same approach with um, with Concept Factory. And we're like, OK, guys, we started out in Atlanta, but we heard from everywhere, people from 
LA and Alabama and Florida and North Carolina and Virginia saying, hey, well, we want this too. And so what we had to face is like, hey guys, how do we build community in those other states without having to physically build a new campus in each of these cities, which hopefully one day that will be. So what, what God had given me was the idea for community groups. And it's, I'm super excited about it. So sorry if I'm like giggly oh, no, over here. Okay. But, <clears throat> so community groups, what that'll simply be is uh, we're going to basically um, first start with uh, beta testing and then we're going to recruit leaders first. And those community groups will be local uh, creative meetups and more so like, I hate to use the word clubs, but they're going to be almost like clubs and gatherings in each, in each person's city. So let's say that a person is sitting in Dallas, Texas, and another person is sitting in uh, Topeka, Kansas. And they're both like, hey, I want to start a community group for Concept Factory because let's say they are a filmmaker or a photographer. And I'll take someone like yourself. Let's say that you're in, you know, I'm going to pick a random city. Let's say you're in Seattle and you're like, hey, um, you know, I was a high school arts teacher. You know, I run my own podcast, but I live in Seattle. I'm really far from Atlanta. How can I be a part of this? You could then sign up to be a community group leader. And from there, you would go out and you would recruit other people like you. Y'all would form your own gatherings. Y'all would plan outings and meetups and workshops. And Concept Factory is going to give these leaders all the resources that they need to be able to do it. So that way, we're now growing community everywhere and anywhere. That's great. That's fantastic. Because I can already see like you can take creatives from other communities. Maybe they can guest speak. Like yeah. because they might be like, oh, you can't be everywhere, but you may have other creatives within Absolutely. your network and their specialty is X, Y, Z or whatever filmmaking. And they're like, oh, well, we have a community down, you know, in Alabama or, or Georgia and they would love yeah. to have a filmmaker speak. So yeah. I think that's a wonderful idea to because I think uh, <laughs> as an art teacher, what I've noticed and even for myself, uh, it's the networking part, people get really shy about asking yeah. or talking. And it seems like people, they make this connection, like somehow it's bad or it's like, you're like yeah. a used car salesman, but it's really not. You're really yeah. genuinely interested. I think it's when you really want to learn from yeah. other people. And if I could comment off that, I've seen yeah. a lot in my own life, uh, yeah. especially like LinkedIn has been a great tool because the vet platform is built for networking and introducing yourself and mm -hmm. i've reached out to so many people on just linkedin saying like hey i looked over your profile i love learning about your career and i want to learn more or hey like there was this one um this one guy i believe he worked for, i can't remember the exact movie studio but he was a creative executive at uh, at a big hollywood studio and i looked over his profile he was also a man of color and i was like hey like i just want to learn about this guy's story he seems great because i want to follow in a similar career path and so i just sent him a cold message in um, he responded back and was like, hey, man, here's my number. Let's set up a time to talk. And I'm like, oh, great. And we talked one time and then that was the end of it. But the thing is, is I made that connection and it's so important. And I think for anyone listening, that's like, well, how do I even go about networking? I don't want to come off as a creep. Just don't be creepy. That's the thing. So <laughs> people don't be creepy. You don't have to tell somebody like, hey, um, you know, I was researching your life and I'm so inspired. Like people don't really care about all that fluff mm -hmm. and that comes off as very salesy. Mm -hmm. I think authenticity and just being very down to earth and also very direct with people is what we mm -hmm. all crave. So yeah. if someone reaches out to me saying, Hey, Alan, can we have a chance to talk? Like literally just a guy reached out to me and uh, the girl Paris on my team that I mentioned, he reached out to, he reached out to us and was like, Hey, like guys, um, I wanted to talk to you all about Concept Factory. I've been having a little bit of a challenge finding work, but I'm also very creative and I love what mm -hmm. y'all are doing. Do y'all have time to talk to, you know, it, oh, like over the next few days? 
So immediately by him reaching out, I knew why he was reaching out. I knew who he was. And then also I knew what he wanted to get from that conversation. He wanted to learn more about working for Concept Factory. So that was just like really encouraging. And um, and it's also encouraging because I'm like, hey, this networking thing is not as scary as we make it out to be. Um, so for anyone listening, like just be very upfront with people and even let somebody know when you're reaching out. Hey, I wanted to see if I can grab 15 minutes of your time. We can either do it on Zoom or on a phone call. And one thing for like that benefits everybody is after the pandemic, nobody is afraid of Zoom anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so um, if you ask anybody for a Zoom call to set up, like as long as you give them a couple of days notice, it's not creepy anymore. But, you know, rewind three years ago, telling somebody to get on webcam, it's like, whoa, like, what is this? <laughs> so, yes. Oh, I totally agree. Even podcasting, because I would, you know, I'd reach out to people like most of them were people I initially knew. But as I was like, you know, I want to know from other creatives, not necessarily within my circle, but outside of how are they doing it? And just the things that they were doing, I'm like, I'm just fascinated. I just want to learn more. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, initially, but then as people just, yeah, they got more responsive. And so yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you willing to even talk to me about uh, what you're doing. And one of my questions, uh, my next one is about the workshop. So like, can you tell us a little bit about, uh, more about the workshop? Because as an educator, I'm just like fascinated about ways that I can continue my education out, you know, and learn what's current, because I think that's another thing as an art teacher, there's kind of like, I'm honest with my students. I'm like, they ask questions and I'm like, I just don't know. Can I get back to you? Because like, it's hard to know everything about the creative industry. So what, what are some of the workshops that you are providing um, people right now? Yeah. So we try to do a lot of different components of workshops. Sometimes we do like a little bit of testing the waters of like, okay, let's see if this works. And then if it doesn't, we're like, okay, let's go back to what we know. Um, but currently what we're doing is uh, we try to make sure all of our workshops have an, an educational component and they have a collaborative uh, component. So as long as we know, and of course they have to be related to one of our, um, uh, one of our mediums, what we call visual storytelling. So as long as they have any of those three components or at least two out of, th two out of three, then we know that it can work for Concept Factory because if we're like, okay, guys, we want to do this big workshop about, mm -hmm. um, you know, how to, you know, manage your money. Well, that's great because creatives do need to know how to manage their money when they're bringing in money. But the first question I would ask my team is, hey, guys, what is the collaborative aspect of this? And what is the educational aspect? And how does it relate to creativity? And then we go, well, maybe, maybe instead of doing how to manage your money, maybe we can do how to manage your money as a freelance creator. And we go, there we go. And then we bring in a teacher. And then from there, we say, okay, guys, well, what is the collaborative aspect of it? Well, halfway during the workshop, we're going to have everybody uh, do a breakout. They're going to get into teams of three, and they're going to plan a budget together. Okay, bam. Now it works for Concept Factory. So I think in building a workshop, as long as you can decide beforehand, what are the one, two, or three components that all of my workshops must have? And how do they always relate back to my target market? That's where you can know, okay, this does fit for me. And uh, it also can keep it very free and open because people don't really know what we're doing next. And I love that about Concept Factory is one moment we may come out, like our upcoming workshop is called At The Park. And we're doing a, a local four cities that we're doing a photographer scavenger hunt. And it's for them to be able to, of course, come together and to network, to build community, learn from each other, but also to be able to um, put their 
put their skill set to the test. Um, you know, we're going to give them some photo prompts that they have to do and they have to work together as a team to actually complete the scavenger hunt, you know, for a prize. And so, um, so that's like really exciting. Wow. That's so cool. Wow. So I was wondering, my next question is what are some, because you're, you're doing these, um, these teams and in, in different areas. And I was wondering what do you think help make these um, meetups and team collaborations successful? Are there any like key ingredients that you feel help in that? Yeah, I think, and we're learning this and it's just, it's, it's funny uh, the timing of this because literally my team and I today um, for our at the park uh, workshops upcoming, we're not seeing ticket sales where we know they need to be. Um, and we were, and so I kind of just reached out to my team and was like, Hey guys, something's not working <laughs> almost like for lack of, you know, paraphrasing, I, I don't know what's not working and I don't know why ticket sales aren't coming in. And uh, one of the team members responded and was like, hey, you know, I don't really think it's clear what the incentive is for people to come. You know, it's not the price. It's not the workshop in itself or the event. People just aren't clear, like what's in it for them. And it was like, oh, like a light bulb went off. Like, hey, everybody in all of our workshops, the key to success is making it very clear what's in it for me. And you have to put yourself from the I think a lot of times as creators and as creatives, we are so married and so familiar with the craft or the thing that we are producing that we're like, oh, of course it works. Like it's, this just works. But we have to realize that people on the outside, on the opposite end of it, they are in their own world. They, they have their own life to think about and care about. They have their own problems. So looking at an event being, let's let's say Concept Factory puts out a flyer on Instagram saying, hey guys, here's here's our event. You should, here's why you should give us money to come. Uh-huh. If I'm on the opposite end of that, on the receiving end, my first question is, well, gas is $4 a gallon. Why should I get in my uh-huh. car and drive there? You know, yeah. what's in it for me? Like this event sounds cool. It's designed beautifully. It sounds like it's going to be great weather that day, but what's in it for me? And so I think the key to any uh, workshop and the, the key ingredient that I'm still learning uh-huh. as a CEO is, Hey, I have to make that abundantly clear. Like we almost, I hate to use this analogy, but you almost have to treat people like children. You Uh have to think like, you know, when we talk to a a little kid, let's say a toddler, a lot of times like our voice inflection raises and we break stuff down like, hey, here's what you do. You put A plus B equals C. And I think a lot of times humans, we just grow taller, but not necessarily older. And I think a lot of times we have to really get back to the basics of like, hey, not saying that you think your target market you're not it's not it's not like you're saying they are a bunch of children but you do have to treat them and communicate to them as if they know nothing the only thing that they know is the language you speak (laughs) yes okay that's practical advice yeah because um it's there is so much chatter i guess or things coming at people nowadays in our current Mm -hmm. social media society or everything and so making things clear to the person you're trying to communicate with. I mean, it seems like it would be obvious, but like, even when I'm Mm -hmm. teaching, I'm like, I'm reading the audience. Do they, is it like crickets or what? Oh, I don't think they understood what I was saying to them. I'm trying to teach them this concept, you know, this idea. And they're looking at me like, we have no idea where you come from. And then I have to regroup and then I have to deliver it again. And luckily with teaching, there's always that second time I'll have another group of students. So it's like, (laughs) oh, that didn't do so well. I better re-figure it out. 
So, yeah. but that and is- And if I could add another thing, <laughs> I would say another practical advice that I just thought yeah. of is one thing we thrive on is also direct marketing. And for oh. anybody who doesn't understand direct marketing, oh. a lot of times people will either buy what you're selling or respond to you if you just simply go to them and say, hey, you individually, you should come to this event. And I literally just did that on Instagram the other day. There was one of my uh, one of my friends in Atlanta. She's a photographer and um, she has her own business thriving. And I was like, hey, this event that we're having in Atlanta called at the park, it's for photographers. And, you know, we need people buy to buy tickets. So I literally reached out to her and was like, hey, um, I just wanted to personally invite you to this event. It sounds like it'll be great. Here's what's going to be. Here's what's going to be there. Tickets are on sale for five dollars a piece. And she typed back. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. This sounds amazing. And she bought two tickets. And so literally just reaching out to people saying, hey, I mean, I know sometimes, you know, especially when we're trying to market at scale into large amounts of people, you're not going to necessarily have the bandwidth to target every individual person. That could just literally be a lot. But trying to find some way to use the power of the word you to really get people to say like, hey, you personally, you deserve to be here. And here's why. That's why we see infomercials on TV that says, you need to call right now for $19.95. You know, don't wait. If you yeah. wait, this is going to happen. You need to call. And like they use the power of you. And we're hooked in from the beginning. Even if we don't realize we're being hooked in, we are still listening. Man, that's why I watch those QVC. I never buy, but I do like watching them. <laughs> I do feel like they talk to me a little bit. So where do you envision in five years um, where the concept factory will be? Yes, I love this question because it, it causes me to think of something new. Um, in five years, what I really envision is for one, for us to have not one, but a couple of different um, physical campuses, like those physical co-working spots that we can have for um, for physical resources that our, our, our target market needs. And then the other thing I would love to see is I want to have community groups all across um, the United States and even outside the United States, I would love to see we're actually going to be rolling out membership, a membership program this fall to where that membership will be. Um, basically, they'll anybody that chooses to pay membership, they'll be able to get exclusive industry mentorship and workshops that aren't open to the public to make it a little more um, targeted um, for, for people's uh, professional growth. So I would love to have, you know, thousands of members all across the United States, as well as um, have a community group in every major city. That's amazing. I I know you're going to get there, Alan. I'm just inspired from just talking to you. I was like, I I mean, because we've had email exchanges, you yeah. know, and things like that. And I read those articles about you and I was like, wow, I don't know who raised you, but they did a good job of like oh, giving you, so you that much. vision. Like, we're, I mean, like, I'm sorry, this is not in the questions, but like your personal upbringing, like, do you feel like that it, got you in this mindset because this kind of mindset that you have like it's unusual in a good way so is oh, this something you. your personal environment like we're talking about like or are you just like that are you just geared like this I, I wish I could. Well, first things first, thank you so much. And likewise, Victor, you're amazing. And I was, I've was i always just enjoyed our, our correspondence back and forth. And um, as far as like my upbringing, you know, my parents, they, unfortunately, they had um, my father, he just met his father as of three weeks ago. And he's over, he's over 50 years old, just met his father. He grew up, he lost his mom due to a car accident in the 1970s when he was only nine. So he grew up with his grandparents and his grandparents were not the were not the affectionate type and things of that sort. They were very much about hard work and then you move on. Um, and then my mom, her parents, they really instilled in her the value of hard work 
except um, my mom's parents were very almost like condescending in terms of like, hey, if you try it, it's only going to fail. So you better stick to what you know and things of that sort. And so for my parents, what that put in them, and this is so important to anybody listening, especially as parents or soon to be parents, is you don't have to you don't have to duplicate what you were taught. You can have the decision to say either I'm going to stay like this, what I was always, or what was done to me, or I'm going to choose to change it for my children because now I'm in charge of their life. And so with that instilled in both of my parents was like, hey, when we have children, we're going to make sure that we support them in all their dreams. We're going to make sure that we always encourage them to, you know, yes, we're going to give them practical wisdom. Like if I go to my parents and say, hey, I think I want to, you know, quit college and be a rapper. They're going to say, no, you're not. You're going to stay in college and you're going to you're going to get a career and you're going to get an education. And so growing up, it was always like no matter what I came to my parents with, like, hey, I have an idea. Hey, this, hey, that. They always fanned the flame to say, hey, explore it. We have your back. Of course, as long as it they were only two stipulations, as long as it honored God. And, you know, because like I said, I'm a Christian, as long as it honored God. And as long as it wasn't anything dangerous or just plain out stupid, you know, yeah. um, if there if and there were things that I came to them like, hey, I have this idea or I think this is the best decision. And they would sit down and talk to me and say, hey, here are the reasons why we don't believe this is the best decision for you. And then after hearing it, I would say, oh, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't know that X, Y and Z were involved in that. And that probably would have derailed my life. You know, so um, I think as far as just my upbringing, it literally started with parents. But also, I understand that a lot of people in my community, a lot of people on my team as well, that's not their story. Some of them have had very tumultuous, like, past with their parents. Some of them may just not have a relationship, or they may have been like, hey, I grew up in an environment where everything that I did was shot down. I grew up in an environment where it was not supportive, it was not loving, it was not encouraging. I was not, I did not have the the biblical foundation built, you know, instilled inside of me. But what I tell them is like, hey, you now have the ability to make that decision for yourself. Like no one, yes, it may not have been given to you in early childhood. And yes, there may be things that you have to more so unlearn, um, Mm -hmm. different patterns, different voices that were instilled in you that were negative voices, unfortunately. But everybody listening to this call, you have the power to make that decision to say, you know what, from this day forward, if I didn't have the parents or the environment to encourage me, or I didn't have the biblical foundation, I can now choose to have that for myself i can now choose to get into a community um you know and i'm not trying to force christianity on anybody but personally for me i know that i've I've met and had a relationship with jesus christ and so i know for me reading his word and seeing what he's instilled inside of me saying you know the bible says that you know we're more than conquerors through christ jesus who loved us you know the bible says that god causes us to triumph you know and god literally lays out in his word and says hey if you simply obey my commandments and walk with me and, and trust me and obey my, you know, obey me. I have such a great plan for your life. And having those things, knowing that, hey, God has our back. And then seeing God work through Concept Factory, seeing God, you know, set up, you know, conversations like this call right now. This just always encourages me like, hey, God, like anything is possible. And I believe that's where my mindset comes from is like anything is possible. I'm a man of faith. And, you know, let's 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 keep going. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. And then the next thing is, if you could go back to your younger self and give yourself some advice about the journey you're on now, Mm -hmm. what would that be? I would say, um, and I wouldn't even say like a super younger self. I would say if I could rewind to two years ago, (laughs) Um, my two years ago, younger self, I would simply tell myself that 
um, it's okay to start small. And it's okay to, I would also encourage myself to be content in every season. And one thing for me, and this is a little bit of a double-edged sword of God's given me the mindset and the ability to dream big and to go after big things, but also there's a component and there's a beauty of being content and understand like, hey, where I'm at today, as of this day and time in history, I may not be able to accomplish those big things. I may have a dream but where my current resources are, I just don't have that right now. Mm-hmm. And there are many things with Concept Factory looking back that I wish I would have done on a much smaller scale, simply because mm-hmm. we did not have the the money or the team or the resources to do it. And then when I found myself and being completely transparent, I found myself in the business saying, oh, crap, we have some debt now that I have to pay because we kind of bit off more than we could chew at the time. Or, oh, man. If only I had waited to execute that certain idea, we would have been able to do it better. But because we did it now, Mm -hmm. it was not able to be at its best form. So I would just simply tell anybody like, you know, whoever's listening, hey, it's okay to be content. If you have to, if you have an idea and a big dream for a company, but you realize that you have to start with doing an event and only five people show up, it's okay. Because guess what? At the end of the day, you can tell yourself, I did it. It doesn't matter if I did it on a huge scale. I don't have to be in the middle of Times Square. but even if I have to operate and do a, you know, we started out with Concept Factory, simply doing Zoom Zoom call workshops. And sometimes we would have a lot of people show up. One time we had over 100 people show up. And one time it was just me and one other person on the call, literally. And it was God testing me saying, hey, son, what are you going to do with this? And I'm like, hey, this one person deserves the same uh, workshop that, I, you know, 100 people got. But I don't, I don't want to get too far off topic. But yeah, I think that would be the biggest advice I'd tell myself. Thank you so much for that. So since this is a podcast and we can't really see, you know, the Concept Factory, um, where can people find out more information about it? Yeah, absolutely. So you can first um, head to our Instagram. Our Instagram is conceptfactory.us and our website is (laughs) conceptfactory.us. That's awesome. Well, Alan, thank you so much for sharing your journey and the Concept Factory with uh, us. And uh, um, I wish you very much the continued success. Likewise. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to My Creative Life. Bye.